Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right. Welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We've got our guest today, Bree. Welcome, Bree. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good, thanks. Um, thanks for coming in. We are uh, very interested to have you here to chat a bit about your story and uh, maybe things you're working on. Um, and yeah, we just uh, appreciate it. So we're just here to find out a little bit about who you are, what you like to do, what kind of uh, maybe your story might be tied into... Um, you know, maybe it's career uh, or, or interest, but it's like where you're headed and, and where you're at in life right now. So maybe yeah. just to get started, tell us your uh, your full name. Um, so my full name is uh, Brie Gulash, but um, it's a bit hard to say in Hungarian. So you say Gulyas if that's easier. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm 19 and I'm a dancer, but um, I also do other performing work as well. And nice. yeah. Um, and then, so you're, uh, so we're on the Gold Coast now. Are yeah. you like born and raised here? Yeah, born and raised on the Gold Coast. All right. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so do you consider yourself uh, like a local or? Yeah, I'm definitely a local, um, to, especially to this area. So um, I started off in like Narang kind of area and now I'm in Benoa. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I think all these areas will be a little bit new to the listeners, but, yeah. um, you know, they think about Australia, it's a big place, but yeah. obviously Gold Coast is beautiful. We, uh, check us out all the scenery. Um, you know, it's a, Gold Coast is a, would yeah. you say it's a, a great place to live? Um, yeah, it is a pretty good area to live, especially compared to other areas of the world. It's definitely very, very nice. Um, and like, do you, would you say you have everything here to support things that you're working on? So you're, you're in the dance uh, coming from a dance school, right, recently? Yeah. Um, so, like, the training here is really good, but you'd probably have to go, like, more to Brisbane if you want better opportunities because there are opportunities here. A lot of people come to the Gold Coast for a holiday and, like, scouts or agents will come here and they might see you, but if you want the best chance, you should probably maybe go maybe Brisbane way or Sydney and then probably head over to the U.S. eventually. That's okay. kind of like the path I want to take. I want to go Brisbane, Sydney, um, and then America. Very yeah. cool. That's. Um, I wonder if that's, you know, obviously the, having a podcast format, it's, um, it generates a lot of questions. So yeah. you might have a lot of people that are interested in, um, you know, how did you get to where you are today? And, um, and even just what's interesting is your aspirations. You've already sort of yeah. talked about what may be next for you. So yeah. um, can we maybe just cover, so... You talked about dancing and performing and yeah. maybe acting and modeling, and there's sort of a world there. Yeah. Um, how do you focus your time uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> these days? How, how do you, uh, yeah, how do you prioritize? Where do, where do you want to go first? Um, I, oh, I have to do a lot of thinking and a lot of, like, career planning. Um, but pretty much I want to train till I feel like I'm ready, and, like, ready for... Um, like I want to get more into music videos and like backup dancing and that. So um, you need to dance really big and like have amazing performance on your face um, rather than like beautiful technique, if that makes sense. And like, so the best way to do that is like, I've obviously started my training in Gold Coast and then I'm going to where the more opportunities are 
kind of building a name for myself in Brisbane, then going to Sydney, building a name for myself in Sydney, then like just kind of hitting like kind of the hot spots and like slowly working my way to the top. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's obviously where people are interested to see how yeah. do you even how do you measure your own success, right? Because um, yeah, um, I guess that's that's the interesting piece is. How much of it's planned out, would you say? Like, um, <laughs> It's like a rough plan because obviously you can't, like, life happens, you know, like you can't pinpoint every single, like, and on Wednesday the 13th of March I'm going to get big and I'm going to get this job. Like you just kind of plan it like, yep, I know this person, this person and this person in Brisbane. I feel like that's pretty good connections. I'm going to go to Sydney and work on building connections with this person, this person, this person. Yeah. And then, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, thinking about how people are trying to build their own careers, mm. like, do you find that people ask you for advice? Um, some people do ask me, like, um, where, like, I get a lot of advice from parents with their kids on, like, which dance schools to go to because there is a very big difference in... Like, so a lot of the dance schools obviously do all styles, but if your child wants to do lyrical, there's certain dance schools that um, cater more and are more, like, facilitating for lyrical. They they drill it into them. Like, it's, it's a lot better for that style, whereas if someone wants to do hip-hop and they go to the same school, they're probably not going to be as benefited if, as if they go to, a, like, a hip-hop school or um, a school that focuses on, like, commercial jazz or, like, stuff like that. Yeah. So. That's uh, that's interesting to see. And then were you, obviously, you would have gone through that childhood journey. Yeah. Like, how did you come into all of this? How did you start out? Um, so I, I started this journey in kindergarten when my best friend was doing um, dance and I wanted to be with her. So, obviously, I trialed dance and then so I started off with ballet didn't really like it because I hated the bun. I hated everything was so tight. I, like, I hated it. And then the dance school was mainly hip-hop based. So then I tried a few like the jazz styles, the tap like and hip-hop and I absolutely loved it. We started doing competitions. We always won hip-hop. Um, and then uh, I don't remember why I moved dance schools, but a few of us moved to um, a different dance school and that one was a lot bigger they had more connections they were giving us like dance work from a very early age like I think I had my first job um, at about 10 years old and I was like supporting um, an up-and-coming artist um, she was she was around the same age as us at um, Dreamworld and we were just kind of going around dancing for her and she was singing and like so that's kind of how that kind of started. And then, like, when I was 12, they'd give us, like, Christmas jobs where I'd be, like, an elf or, like... So a lot of, like, the kind of um, more on the performance side of work and less on the dance side. Yep. And then um, when I was around 15, 16, I kind of fell out of... I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I was in school. I had a lot of more friends outside of dance than inside of dance and I kind of like lost my way a little bit and so I went around to a few other dance schools I went and took classes in Brisbane and other places and then um 
I found the dance school I'm at now and I took a few classes there and then I decided to do full-time there. And so, um, yeah, that was that was really – this year has been amazing as far as training has gone because I've just levelled up so much, like, and I've re-fallen back in love with dance. I've figured out a career path because that was another thing why I fell out of love with it because I couldn't see, like, a clear career path. I thought it was like, oh, I'm just – I'm never going to make it, like – what what is there like I didn't know what job opportunities there were and then when I started looking like to Instagram and I was seeing people like doing dance videos and getting paid to do music videos and stuff I was like wow I want to do that kind of stuff and then the dance school I'm at now is more like commercial work so that's all that kind of stuff and they bring in a lot of people who work in the industry like right now and they give us tips. Um, they we take their classes. We learn from them, and it's just it's honestly amazing. So that, yeah, that is um, very cool. One of my questions was going to be around inspiration and just mm. you know how do you maybe break through that next level? Yeah, um, you know you know you where you want to be, but it's a big goal, so you're breaking it down into smaller yeah. steps and that. So you mentioned Instagram. Obviously, that's kind of uh, yeah. still the thing. Yeah, um, is it? Uh, is there it's like a local is there you're looking local for that kind of inspiration or is you'll just look anywhere in the world for you can look anywhere in the world so like I do have a few people that I really look up to um in the local kind of scene um like uh, I think he's based in Sydney though like there's Blake John Wood um and he has amazing choreography every time I take his class I'm just like oh my god I wish I could be like that um and then there's like more so like people that I've grown up with who I didn't realise were that big and respected until I grew up and like people were like, oh my God, you know him? And it's just, yeah, I'm so grateful I took like classes with them. And then there's obviously like people in America that I look up to that are like Chris Brown's backup dancers, which is like the ultimate goal for me. Like I would absolutely die a happy woman if I was Chris Brown's backup dancer. I love like, that. I love that you put it. It's. I, I really think there's going to be a lot of common threads around like how do people get where they want to be and yeah. I, th I think putting a stake in the ground saying this is actually would be great if we got this far. Yeah. I mean, imagine you'll probably go even further than that. But, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then so in terms of like you managing your own career, like mm. do you feel like is it a bit of a solo effort? Like it's all, it's you and all you or? Um. Yes and no. Once you leave the student phase, it's all you and, like, maybe your manager. But, like, you can definitely steer your career in whatever path you want to go. But when you're a student, your teachers are kind of there and they, like, um, like my dance teacher throws, like, she's thrown, um, like, what is it? Like, runway dances. So, like, when you get hired to be at a fashion show, we've done routines that, like, mimic what you would do if you got that job. And then she's like, if we do something that wouldn't be acceptable on a job, she calls us out on it. And she's like, oh, you, yeah, she just kind of steers us to give us the best chance for our career and in the real world and what you should and shouldn't do. Because it's very, like, if you say the wrong thing or you talk bad about someone or anyone really and the person who's hiring you like hears that and they don't like it 
your career can be ended in like an instant. Wow. So, so it's, it's real practical yeah. tips. Yeah. So and you, it's very cutthroat. And it's that world, isn't it? It's like yeah. the reality of what it might take to make it or mm. uh, at least get that next gig, right? Yeah. Cause it's not just danceability. It's who you know, how you act. Like um, uh, so many teachers and people who hire like dancers say, I would hire a polite dancer who works hard over a talented dancer who talks bad about everyone and just slacks off, you know? Like, it's all about your personality. It's about how you hold yourself, how, the like, you're respected, how the world views you. Like, yeah. a lot. it's a lot more than just dance. That's really cool. I'm, I'm really glad that we could get your perspective on, on the dance. I'm obviously interested in um, more broad, you know, obviously you're living your daily life and there's lots of these like the world of technology does that get into your world at all like I mean social media is part of it but um. yeah social media is a big part and um obviously you when you hand in so we have like what's called a CV which is like a dance resume and you have to put your headshot in there and so a headshot is kind of like um it's like what you're represented. So you've got to be an individual and a blank canvas at the same time. So, like, it has to look natural, but it has to be your best shot, if that makes sense. Like, it can't be, it can't really be edited at all. And so, like, you can't, yeah, you can't, like, edit your nose and then show up to a job and they're being like, where's your nose gone? This isn't the person we hired. Like, it's, yeah. That's, um, and then do they, is there fees associated with that? I mean, you must have to find a yeah. photographer. Yeah, right. Photographers are very expensive. Um, same thing with a showreel. That's another kind of like dance resume thing. So it's a usually a one to two minute video, um, kind of displaying what you can do. And if you don't grab their attention in about the first, I think it was three seconds, then they won't be interested in the rest of like anything. And showreels are so expensive. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure. Someone's paid a grand for their show reel, mm-hmm. and that's just to get work. And like headshots can be three hundred to five hundred dollars. It's it's really really expensive. That's um that's interesting. I think some of the things we're trying to do here on the podcast, and again, we welcome people to give comments and and chime in, and and hopefully there's a bit of a knowledge base that builds up. You know, yeah. oh like oh that listen to that um, that performer, and she had some tips here. But yeah, um, like have you heard about um, any good examples of crowdfunding or you know like um have you heard of gofundme or any of these websites yeah i've heard of GoFundMe. or like yeah i mean that's more of a charity thing yeah but um it's it's bigger overseas i feel yeah um, here people do it for bushfire crisis and things yeah. kitchen money but um sometimes there's people that are just want to support people in their journey mm. and they call it like a kickstarter campaign or something like yeah. that and it's almost like you could just put your goal and um the amount that you need to get, like maybe it's a portfolio building. Yeah. And then people can just be like, yep, I want to support Brie on her journey. Yeah. And they throw it. Have you heard of something like that? I've heard of it, but it doesn't really happen here. I feel like people, like, because I've heard in America, like, we don't tip people here. And when people over there, like, some of my friends have gone over to America and been given such dirty looks when they don't tip. And it's like, because we, we don't know, like, people don't just really give their money unless they like really feel for it or just like a like kind of a dire need for a cause like like um there was a footballer who I think he was just 
he started a GoFundMe for something ridiculous and everyone just slammed him for it. Like, people aren't really, like, willing to support with money as much because, yeah, I'm not sure why, but it's just how we are. Okay, well, that's a good, that's a good, uh, I guess, perspective on it because that's that's how it would work here. And who do you ask first? Probably your <laughs> people that you know or people yeah. that, you know, at least are closer to home. But yeah, the, I guess the benefit of that is that um, once you get a bit of worldwide exposure, um, you know, you get people, especially in the dance community, that yeah. kind of know maybe one somebody that's made it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they just want to, it's interesting. I haven't seen a lot of movement in the performing arts area. Yeah. A lot of sometimes has a, somebody wants to, develop something new or you know it's pursue but i think that's coming yeah it's mainly self-funded unless you've got um a someone big behind you who will support you but if you're just starting off you're pretty much on your own and you've yeah you're pretty much supporting yourself like i have a day job to support my headshots and my full-time course like i'm pretty much self uh, what is it? Self-sufficient. <laughs> that's a great word. Uh, that's a, we we want that for everyone, right? If yeah. People can be self-sufficient. Obviously, yeah. You need to um, earn income, support yourself, and uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, it, everyone's different. Sometimes people really want to do everything themselves. That yeah. can be a bit, a bit exhausting. Like, yeah. Do you ever just on that topic? Do you ever feel like you talked a little bit about that up and the down, but like, and you're back now. Your enthusiasm's like solid. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, d- do you feel like that's uh, just a natural part of it? Yeah. No matter um, what? I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've ever heard of a dancer who hasn't, like, at one point fallen out of love with it because it's very demanding. Like, you sometimes have to sacrifice time with your family, with your boyfriend, like, your loved ones, um, even time for yourself for a show. or And, like, it's very physically taxing and, like, when you're not good physically, you're not good mentally. And it's just a bit like, oh, um, can I just quit already? And then it's when you have like that drive and that discipline of like, um, no, this is what I want to do. It's just a phase. Like I got to get through it. That's when you make it. Like it's, and yeah, especially through all the, like some people have knee reconstructions and physio and like, they dance through those and then they recover. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I'm sure that, the, you know, yeah, the, there's lots of different, um, risks and like, yeah, you just basically grinding it. Like, yeah. and how, what, what about fitness and things? Like, is there like a workout regime or something that, um, it's like a dance special I, fitness program. I don't do extra like, um, working out because I do, I think, at one point I was doing like 40 something hours of dance a week and it's like just constant cardio. Like I don't need it, but on an off season when I'm not dancing as much, I do try and go gym every day and you've just got to try and hit like specific points, like mainly leg strength and like just kind of, cause it's not about the fitness all the time and like how much you can do. A lot of the time it's about how your body looks. Like, uh, that's a big thing in the dance world. Like, a lot of dancers have body dysmorphia, like, bulimia, a whole bunch of disorders because um, that's the first thing people look at when you step out on stage. It's your body. And, like, not everyone's obviously judging your body to be bad about it, but, like, it's obviously a subconscious thing where people are looking at you. They're looking at how pretty you are, how, like, this and that. 
And um, I think a lot of dancers take that a bit too far. Um, so, yeah, they turn to not eating and what they're eating instead of working out because they're already working out heaps. Mm. And, yeah, because it's, it's also another time thing because you're dancing so much you don't have time to work out. Yeah. So. Um, and, and you're in a position where you would see younger dancers through the school or yeah um and do you see that kick in at a certain age like i'm, I'm interested in the um, sensitivity around that like you obviously want to encourage people with their talent right but yeah. you don't want to be <laughs> i i getting personally because i've been very like um screamed at my whole life <laughs> um because of dance um but it depends on the level you're training for so if you training at a dance school that's a lot of money, it's um, very highly regarded, You will, they'll probably develop around 10 if you're, like, um, if your child's, like, a bit on the chunkier side or, like, not even that. Like, if they're just, like, a child... Like, you know how childs have, childs? Children have, like, um, like, baby fat. Sure. And it's, like, completely healthy, completely normal. Some dance teachers a lot of the older ones who are kind of stuck in their ways will kind of like pick on them or like hint that they need to lose weight and it's a bit like what the hell um but when it's just like in school the kids are more there to just have fun and Mm. like compete and um it's more so about the dance instead of how they look and like dancing with their friends being like it's but it can still kick in I feel like when it's less training it kind of kicks in around the high school stage when everyone's kind of worried about that stuff, not so much just dancers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I know, um, yeah, when I was around 10 or 12, a lot of my um, the girls in my dance troupe were starting to, like, go on diets and watch what they were eating and, like, it, it's really, it's really sad. It's, it's quite sad, like, because I never... I've never really been um, uncomfortable in my body because, yeah, another thing is you're in, like, for lyrical stuff, you're in a crop top and high-waisted undies all day. Like, people need to see your body for uh, to be a dancer. So people see, like, everything. And it's just, like, I've never been uncomfortable with that because um, I've been trained from an early age. It's, it's kind of just normal, you know. Um, but a lot of kids that got picked on who are kind of uncomfortable in that just yeah nice I mean that's um yeah it's I'm glad that you could share that because mm. it's uh obviously again I think that a lot of people might be jumping onto some some of this kind of discussion would be younger people you know yeah especially like just looking for it to hear a story a real example yeah um and I'm not sure how much of that stuff's accessible but yeah and what about the the whole dance mums phenomenon is that being an Australian do you know about that yeah I know dance mums um it's funny because it's true like that is exactly what happens like mums get mad when their kid's not in the front um when something's not right and like the teachers do kind of pick on the kids and like as a dancer you go through so much like emotional like this really great emotional journey um, and it's it's not what normal kids experience. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, the same with gymnasts. They get, like, discipline, discipline like, f- 
thrown at them and like hammered into them and like dance moms is just kind of like <laughs> it's just kind of like highlighting everything that goes on obviously they're kind of more in like an extreme like the like the higher dance schools that obviously pay like a bit more money that kind of stuff that's kind of more what it's like but um with more of the dance schools that are kind of more about the culture it's a lot less um drama <laughs> okay uh, so like when I think dance moms I think of the USA version um mm. is that what you picture is yeah. that the only they, did they do an Australian version of that uh I I don't know of an Australian version but yeah definitely the what is it Maddie the Maddie and like Kendall and all of that kind of stuff that's that's the one I'm picturing. Okay. You reckon anyone in the dance industry would know that? Yeah. A lot of people know Dance Farms because we get asked about it as well. Is, is it still going? Is that still a thing? Uh, I'm not sure, but I just know like when I talk to a non-dancer and I'm like, oh, I'm a dancer and they go, oh, so like Dance Farms? I'm like, look, <laughs> kind of, yeah, but kind of not. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So these, and that's, kind of cool to share that like you know we're just interested to hear the types of things you have to deal with or like mm. you know what's it like to be you or what you know yeah um, obviously it's different individual journeys and things like yeah. that but like would you say it's um if you had to do it again would there be like a second career path or something or um where is there something that you gave up to do this and you could have been like a netball player or something oh, like that there could have been so many things i could have given up like i've had to give up for dance like um Soccer, I really like drawing and I want to do like fashion stuff, but I reckon if I wasn't a dancer, I'd be straight into fashion, like in that industry or um, just like, what else is there? See, I've forgotten because I've had to give it up, like just like art stuff. I'm really creative, like, um, and a lot of dancers do do like side stuff like that, like photography and art and that, but yeah, a lot, a lot has been sacrificed for dance. Um, do you feel like it's it's gone, that opportunity, or could you bring it back and, and sort of work it back in at some point? Um, with fashion, it's easy. With a lot of the art stuff, it's a lot easier. But with, like, soccer or um, I'm, like, I could have been good at English. I could have been a writer. Um, that stuff where it's, like, more of a skill that you have to kind of relearn. Um, I mean, because I'm still young, I probably could. But I've had I would have had to stop dance completely altogether to pursue that. It's not dance is really my whole life. <laughs> That's great to hear because you're you're committed. Mm, Sounds like yeah. you are basically all in. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. So for the listeners, they there's a story about someone that's um, you know taking the sacrifice, going for it. Uh, would you say the journey is like like crystal ball? Like you know what's next, or does it feel a bit like uncertain? Um, it is a little bit uncertain. Like I have next year planned out. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit more of like full-time training. And then I've also joined um, a hip-hop crew. So we're going to compete with that. And so it's kind of like just working towards networking next year. But nothing's really set in stone, I guess. Nothing's really clear, like especially with the pandemic going on, like Sydney is a hot spot right now, so it's kind of hard to get into Sydney. Um, America's a hot spot right now. It's kind of hard to get into America. So, like, my career path's kind of gone from one straight line to a whole bunch of zigzags. Wow. <laughs> Just to fill that in for people that aren't, maybe aren't totally aware of who can travel and who can't. So we cannot leave Australia internationally 
yet. Um, and it looks like it'll be a good number of months, probably six more months before they um, were allowed to leave the yeah. island. <laughs> so it's uh, that's what it's like here. Um, but obviously we're we are safe and we're you know our numbers yeah. are low and stuff like that. So that's the flip side of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously that that's been a big shift. But like just to touch base on the fact that this is the Gold Coast and it is a bit of an entertainment hub. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of tourists coming through, a lot of yeah. live shows, cabaret style, like yeah. just lots of different people would gravitate here versus maybe a country town. Or, yeah. You know? Yeah. Bit, um, is there, and we've got some links with Hollywood, right? Hollywood? Uh, I mean, don't we have like the yeah, movie there's world? Yeah, Elvis show, I mean, not show, movie um, that's being filmed on the Gold Coast. And then I think Chris Hemsworth has something he's filming here as well. So like a lot more opportunities are coming to the Gold Coast because it's like a nice beachy kind of setting and that. Um, and then obviously we've got the casino, we've got... Um, We've got, I think it's called uh, Pink Flamingo, and that's where a lot of dancers find work. A lot of um, aerial artists and, like, circus people go there as well to work. Um, yeah, so uh, the entertainment's coming here a lot more. So a lot more of the commercial world is coming to the Gold Coast. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's um, just to share that again for everyone else to know a little bit about the the background. So it's a little bit more entertainment-based, the, the, the feel here. People are used to it. They know. Um, yeah. And they've shot many movies here um, over the years and probably still will do. So they have yeah. a bit of that, you know, film production. Actors can generally yeah. seek work here. But it does depend a lot on, like right now everything's shut down. So yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. So people are having the day jobs and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, cool. All right. Well, there's a couple other things I just wanted to see if we can touch base on, one of which is the... I guess this the wave of TikTok that's come through. TikTok. <laughs> and um, so Instagram's obviously a, 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 sh a showground for any anybody that wants to be a public persona, mm. put up, you know, the, their yeah. stories, right? And and that build their following. And I think it's a legit business model. Yeah. Um, and we'll make sure to get your, your channel at the end. Yeah. So people can check in on that. But um, what about alternatives, things that come up quickly, like TikTok kind of blew up quickly here? Yeah, TikTok is... Um, definitely very like viral here especially with the younger kids like you literally walk down the street and they're doing tiktoks um it's crazy um but yeah tiktok there, there's quite a few apps for dance and like even instagram's jumping on reels now and a lot of people are doing like dance tiktoks so i know it was trilla trilla was um really really popular for like a lot of the um, like dancers who've kind of made it and then everyone and I mean everyone went on TikTok and then I think didn't it shut down in the US didn't it get banned <laughs> there was lots of talk about it I'm not sure where, <laughs> where it ended up I know they, people are still using it and I think I think they've changed governments there now so oh yeah true um, but there's this whole anti-China thing yeah yeah um, but yeah and then I think Instagram kind of jumped on it and was like oh TikTok's getting banned so we'll introduce reels and just kind of steal that idea and so now um a lot of I, I see a lot of dance um reels and it's really quite cool they get really creative with it okay and would the the group that you're affiliated with the dance school are mm -hmm. they um getting organized in that sense would they pull you guys together and say like let's do a group reel or let's get make sure you guys are doing reels every week or um yes and no so we don't do group reels but they do film like promotional material and instead of posting it as a video on the feed they'll put it in as a reel and they encourage us to kind of um create our own stuff and like 
put out reels, put out videos, film stuff from class and, like, kind of integrate it onto social media to get, like, coverage and stuff and, like, kind of build up. Like, Instagram's kind of like our portfolio because um, these days with um, clients and stuff, if they hire someone, the first thing that they're going to look at after hiring them is their Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll just search them up straight away. And if you've got, like, half-naked photos and, like, all this kind of unprofessional gross stuff on there, like, um, they're going to be like, oh, okay, and, like, kind of judge you based on your social media. Whereas if they see all these amazing dance videos, they're going to be like, wow, I've hired this amazing, talented dancer. I'm going to hire her again. So it's like, um, yeah, so your Instagram's kind of more treated like a business and we get that really like drilled into us as well that you can't be posting, like even going out for drinks with friends. Like you can't, you can, but you can't, like not too much. And you can't be posting messy photos, like pretty much anything to, that can be seen potentially in a bad light, you can't post. Otherwise it's... It's a, it's a career kind of move rather than I just want to share something with my friends. Like, you're probably better off getting on a private account with, like, your um, few closest friends to, like, post stuff rather than posting it for the whole world and that, putting your name out on that because it's very tricky to get out of those situations as well. That sounds like really good advice. I mean, it, it sounds like the schools really got it together in terms yeah. of just helping you think practically about, yeah. you know what, because it can all go away in an instant, all that hard work and yeah. commitment. And um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if there's other dance communities and schools and things that are also like switched on like that. Yeah, like a lot of um, a lot of dance schools are like that. And especially I know it's harder with like younger kids because younger kids want to be cool, they want to be popular, and then sometimes they think the wrong thing is cool. And if if they kind of look older and then that pops up later on in their career, it, it just kind of ruins it for them, especially because, like, because um, I was born, like, with obviously without social media. I kind of grew up without it. But, like, a lot of kids today have had social media since they were, like, four, you know. And so when they, they're growing up and they're kind of seeing all these, like, Instagram, like, baddies or Fashion Nova stuff and they're like, oh, I want to be like that but they're on a dance career, like, it just... And then they're, like, super young as well and they're trying to be like that. It's just... It gets really, like, bad for them, bad for their career. And also, like, there's all these creeps on the internet, like, looking at... Yeah, it's just... It's a very sensitive topic and um, a lot of dance teachers, like, you could you just know when you're older. You know that that doesn't get you the right kind of attention, doesn't get you the right kind of publicity not the right kind of look whereas kids don't really understand that so you kind of just got to save them before they do it <laughs> if that makes sense yeah oh, wow. that's um and you do have uh i mean uh, part of being a dancer you got opportunities right to like mm. be a teacher or yeah um and and is that something you've done yeah so i've taught um i've taught aerial before um at the moment i'm teaching jazz and hip-hop um with our dance school you can teach um what's called ready set dance and it's like for like two year olds, and they come in and they dance and they have fun and like it's really quite cute. Um, but yeah, you can have like assisting before when you're kind of like training and you're not you haven't really built a name for yourself. 
the best, I've gotten this advice before, the best kind of way to get into teaching is, or like to get to know someone and network with them is um, ask them to, like ask to be their assistant, an assistant choreographer, an assistant during a class, um, because then you're learning how to teach and getting like exposure at the same time, networking at the same time. And then if you build a relationship with them, like, um, like well enough, then you um, will get opportunities through them and you'll start learning how to take your own classes and like kind of stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I think that's, that's, um, it's interesting to, to do that and follow that. And, and do you think schools is the only way that people can, can develop or is there a bit of a, a self-taught avenue where people are like, all right, I want to be a dancer. I'm going to watch lots of YouTube videos and I'm just going to put in the time. What do you reckon? Um, you can do that. It's very rare that you'll make it purely because you don't know anyone. It's, it's very network-based. It's very who knows who. Like even if you say you you learn off YouTube videos, you become a dancer, like, um, and then you see someone and you go, oh, they're going to this party. I'll I'll go to that party and show them what an amazing dancer I am. It's it's kind of hard because you can't really just go up and talk to them. You've kind of got to work your way up. Whereas, um, not to say you can't do that. Like, if you're really passionate about that, you're gonna try and do that on your own but if you take a few few classes you meet some people who know people like you learn off a choreographer you develop a relationship with that choreographer then that's when um your career kind of develops and a lot of people still regard ballet training um a lot like to show that you have background training even from a young age um, like say you were, I don't know, six and you did a ballet exam, that still shows that you've had technique training. Like, um, So if you're passionate about it, you'll do it on your own, but I'd suggest taking some classes. You don't have to go to a school necessarily, um, but definitely taking classes. And that's not to say that there's not a freestyle scene. Like um, a lot of hip-hop developed from the street. So like... Um, if you go to, we have jams here, which is like a free uh, session where you go in and you freestyle. And like, that's where a lot of the um, people who kind of raised me, <laughs> that's where they're going now. They're going to these jams. Um, there's some here, there's some in Brisbane and you like just meet people, you have fun, you dance and like, it's more of a social event. And then when they get jobs, they'll go, oh, I remember this person from um, that one circle I'll try and get them in on this job you know so it's more so exposure once you've got the talent and the drive you need exposure and networking wow, and that's, that's that's kind of what I'm working on mostly now that's good I can I can imagine how useful that information is like you almost have mm. a bit of a formula yeah <laughs> um, so maybe keep that keep that to yourself you can work it out at, at yeah. some point work it to your favor but um yeah well I think we're getting towards uh just wrapping it up, but we just wanted yeah. to get a, a feel for where you're at now. Um, in a year's time, I just want to get a feel for um, where you might be at. So, um, yeah, you're definitely yeah. on the rise, I feel, but um, yeah. where do you think you might be at in a year's time? In a year's time, um, I would have been doing competitions. Um, I hope to have 
gotten a name for myself more in the Brisbane um, street scene and I hope to have done, like, um, a professional kind of dance video for someone like like Blake John Wood or someone like that who's very big in the commercial scene around here. Very cool. So that's what I hope. Not sure if it's going to happen, but... Who knows? Twenty twenty one. Hoping it's a lot better than this one. <laughs> Everything you can control. That's yeah, the key. Um, very very cool. And then from a from a commercial point of view, like obviously, if there's a, a contract that landed in your lap, what's a, like what's a nice sweet deal that might oh. be uh, you'd sign up to right away? Uh, if it was a modeling contract, if it was um, what's an Australian band? Let's say it was Veronica's. If it was dancing for the Veronica's at the VMAs. Something like that, I'd oh, that would be perfect to yep. start off my career. Anything, anything at the moment, like there's no work. <laughs> and the borders, the borders open up. You can fly wherever yep. you make like, people can fly you around. Where are you going? Um, borders open up. I am going straight to New York. Okay, that is my favorite. Have you been there yet? I haven't been there yet. That is the number one spot on my bucket bucket list. I want to go straight to New York. The street fashion, the people, like everything. I just want to be there. Wow. Um, so New York versus L.A., it's still New York? L.A. is, I've heard it's very saturated with work. I've heard New York's the place to be. Very good. So, yeah. We can, again, we'll open this up and see if people can guide. You know, maybe they may have some things to say. Yeah. But you never know who's out there and, um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. What about Asia? Have you, have you traveled through Asia, Asia at all? Asia. I've been to Japan. Absolutely love Japan. 10 out of 10 would recommend. People are amazing. Food's amazing. Um, and I haven't danced there but I would really love to go there and try it out. Um, I would not, I'm not too, I don't know too much about um, the Asian scene. Um, I have heard, I actually have met someone who's um, quite big over there and he's Australian and um, I think I think it's quite good over there. I just don't know much about it, but I know a lot about American dance scene. That's, that's interesting to hear and, and uh, I think, that's what we'll check back and see. A lot of the guests that we'll be that we'll be meeting is um, people that are working on something and they're so uh, focused on it and that immediate goal, but they maybe haven't really considered yet that there'd be a whole audience way over here yeah. that would just be the that would be ready ready to take you up in a heartbeat. But it's yeah. just making that connection. Those international connections are obviously yeah. not that obvious. Yeah. Different language. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and maybe having an agent or a manager at mm-hmm. some level, they'll be knowledgeable. Be like, well. Yeah. There's a certain path. Um, yeah, it's also like depends on like what's big in those areas at the moment because I know in Asia it's more pop commercial scene. In America I'm pretty sure it's more like hip-hop. That The hip-hop's pretty big over there and then in Europe it's all like ballet, lyrical kind of stuff. Like a lot of dancers go to Paris or um, obviously for ballet because that's where it originated from um and they go to germany for like a lot of ballerinas and ballet people go to that kind of european countries um and i think more like the actors and like models go to asia whereas um a lot of the commercials go to america because that's where it's big very cool and would you recommend any aspiring american dancers american canadian uk Mm. what about coming to australia as a foreigner australia um you could definitely you I feel like it it'd be a really new experience like the people um would be a lot different um and you'd get 
different work. I feel like it's more movie-based here, whereas over in America it's more the shows, the Super Bowl, like J-Lo, that kind of stuff, whereas here it's more, um, yeah, movies and filming, that kind of stuff. Very cool. So, yeah. That's that's good insight because, again, people wouldn't know unless you're here mm. on the ground to get a feel for it. So. Yeah, that's not to say, like, everywhere there's, like, in, over here in America, there's the American ballet, there's street scene, there's commercial scene, there's everything. It's kind of similar over here. Um, I would recommend going to Sydney, though, especially if you want exposure. Like, there's always dance festivals. Um, there's, like, you can meet a lot of the big choreographers down there. Very cool. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of throwing the knowledge out there. Have, have you heard about the Olympics, the news about the Olympics? Uh, no. What? So they apparently they've got breakdancing coming Really? As an actual oh Olympic goodness. level as sport. As an Olympic sport? Yep. Wow. Yep. That's, that's, that's big for us. I think that's a done deal too. That's, yeah. That's, I feel like ballet should be in there as well because ballerinas train like crazy. Like if you, if you ever look at a ballerina in a bikini, they're just abs. They are ripped. And, like, that's not to say break dancers aren't ripped, but, like, I feel like ballet, because we battled with the, oh, dancers in a sport. And I'm like, if we're, we're more fit than football players, like, calm down. <laughs> um, very cool. But, uh, yeah, that's big. Yeah, I think they they out, uh, they, there was a bunch of considerations. I think skateboarding's in mm. and surfing. and Oh, yeah. They're sort of going for, a, obviously, the newer generation of athletes. Yeah. And it's serious you know, level of competition. Yeah. So, and I think they have to consider worldwide yeah. representation and stuff. But yeah, some like old school sports like boxing, I don't think they still have that. And oh, so <clears throat> yeah, I think okay. there's, there's this whole discussion at the moment around like a new way. And breakdancing was the one everyone was like, kind of like eyebrows were up. Like, yeah, it's, it's very serious to us, but for some reason, people who aren't dancers like kind of see it as a joke. And I think it's because it's more like seen as an art because people don't really see the work. And effort that goes into being a dancer. I enjoy a good dance battle. Some of those, like yeah, those old school vids where people are just yeah. If you ever think dance isn't a sport, just try. You know, when you um, you've had a few too many and you try and dance battle someone, and then you're like puffed. Imagine that times ten. <laughs> Love that. Um, so yeah, that's that's good fun. Uh, maybe just a quick a little bit of trivia before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, Bree's favorite movie. Oh, I don't. I don't actually have a favorite movie. I don't have. I don't really watch. Actually, I have a favorite TV show. Does that count? Yeah. At the moment, it's Attack on Titan, and it's um, an anime. I've been watching that one. It's pretty good. The new season's finally come out after six years. Attack on time. On on Titan. Ah, oh, Attack on Titan. Yes. All right, check that one out. Um, like, but how about like a dance movie? Oh, I'm a just dance going movie. The, well, I'm just going with the <laughs> theme. Going with the theme. <laughs> Go with the theme. It's pretty cliche. You don't have. It, you may maybe not have any. Maybe there's no good ones, but. <laughs> um, Honey's pretty good. I really like that. That sounds a bit retro. Is that yeah. a few years back? Yeah, I think it's around 80s, 90s. It's, it's I think Jessica Alba, if I'm yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Okay, nice it's one. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, uh, so we covered vid- like videos and stuff. How about like in the music scene, artists? Music artists. Um, I've been really liking um, Skepta at the moment. He's a rapper. And um, his name's not, but the S is with the dollar sign. I really like him. Um, and then like... All right, shout out. Yeah. And then Bia. So it's B-I-A. She's pretty good as well. Are any of those Australian or are those... Um, those are all American nice. ones. All right, good. 
Um, good. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank um, you. Good fun. Love to have you back just to hear about yeah, any stories. I, I loved being on this. Um, this is really fun. Yeah, it's the storytelling mode. And, and guys, just for everyone out there, the ambition, Aussie ambitions. Yes, we were, we're interviewing Aussies. Um, the ambition thing, um, let it be known that uh, the ambitions is, you know, it's everything that you're probably not thinking of. You know, it's the happiness. It's the freedom. It's the yeah. go where you want to do what you want to do. Um, and just probably be in control of your life. That's probably where we're, we're headed with this. So it's great to hear that. Lots of fun having a chat. So um, yeah. thanks very much, Bree. We'll have you back Thank anytime. You. Yeah, thanks. Oh. Definitely. All right. And let's give you a little shout out. Let's make sure people can follow you um, wherever you are if you want yeah. to be followed. Um, do you want to just give us a little summary on where people can find you? Yeah. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's um, Bree Goulash. Um, it's spelled B-R-E-E-N-G-U-L-Y-A-S. It's just the one kind of sentence. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I'm so always that's, happy for a chat or any advice. That's Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. All right, sounds good. So we always encourage people to get get themselves a website or something like that, just in case accounts get blocked or banned. Yeah. It's always tragic. So yeah. um, these days, but good on you. So we know the name. We can Google we'll Google you. How's that? Yeah, just Google me. And we'll find you. <laughs> um, nice work. So keep up the great work. Thanks very much Thanks. for coming on. Thank All right. you. Talk to you soon. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch. <laughs>